Hey, everyone. Welcome to This Is Your Afterlife. I am Dave, the host of the show. If you've been listening this month, as the episodes come out in September of 2023, you know that I am not doing the normal interviews this month. I am releasing different experiments that I want to release in the lead-up to my new one-man show, Here to Make Friends, which is playing September 28th, 29th, 30th, and October 1st at the Neo-Futurist Theater in Chicago. It is my dream theater. The Neo-Futurists themselves are my favorite form of entertainment on the planet, and the shows are 20 bucks. The first one on Thursday is a pay-what-you-can. The Sunday is a 2 p.m. matinee show. So I'm hoping between all of those configurations, people will be able to see the show. And if there's any issue you have, please email me at thisisdavemar at gmail.com. I would love to make sure you can see it if you're able. Also, masks at KN95 or above level are going to be required and provided if you need one. So really trying to do that. There's a couple of other accessibility measures, especially COVID-related, that I'm looking to put in place. I can't meet every accessibility need. I wish I could, but I'm doing what I can, and we got to start somewhere. But what you're about to hear, so the show, Here to Make Friends, a reference to the common reality TV show phrase, I'm not here to make friends, is in part about Survivor, It's in part about COVID. It's in part about people and society and what we owe to each other. And it very much follows a conversation format, uh, at least in part. So if you like This Is Your Afterlife and you are able to get to Chicago during those dates, I think you will really like Here to Make Friends. One thing I want you to know is you do not need to know anything about the show Survivor to enjoy the show. And even though that is true, what you're about to hear is one of the episodes, there are five, of an aborted podcast that, that was conceived. We, we came up with several iterations of it uh, and finally recorded these five episodes and, and ditched it of a podcast called It's a Fucking Stick. You will, you're going to hear that now. It is co-hosted by myself and Ariel Elias. Ariel is a former guest of This Is Your Afterlife, multiple-time guest of This Is Your Afterlife, a good friend of mine. And it just, uh, through no lack of desire on our part, uh, we weren't able to keep doing the show. But I thought this five-episode little mini-series would be a good way, if you want to brush up any, brush up on any Survivor, uh, or, or learn anything about it. And really, it's not just like, we're not recapping the show. We're just talking about what it means to us. So if you want to listen to that in preparation for the show, please enjoy it. This is an episode of the show, which I will not number because this is going to be the same intro for every episode, but know that there are five. There is a link to buy tickets to Here to Make Friends in the show notes. And even if you aren't able to go to Here to Make Friends, even if you don't care about Survivor, I think you will still like this genuinely. I think it is that good. This, it's a fucking stick show. It was just, it's just a good time between two friends who really like each other. So I, Hope you enjoy it. Come see my show if you can. Keep listening to the podcast, and we'll be back in regular show mode in October. And I will talk to you again soon. Welcome to It's a Fucking Stick, the 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 sur- the only Survivor podcast. Uh, <laughs> I'm Dave Marr. I'm a comedian. I'm Ariel Elias. I'm also a comedian. And we just want to talk about how Survivor is the greatest show ever to exist. 
and then mm-hmm. use that as a jumping off point to like hang out with each other because we're the greatest friends to ever exist. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking moments. We're not doing this. Is not Gilmore guys. This is not your your. Ep- I've never listened to Gilmore guys. It's, it's probably good. I've right? never listened it's, to it either. It's, it's not- got a Demi. He's funny. Okay. I, I know nothing about – I didn't know that there was – I mean, it makes sense that there's a Gilmore Girls rewatch podcast called Gilmore yeah, Guys. Yeah, yeah. The only uh-huh. rewatch podcast I ever listened to briefly was Talk 30 to Me, which is the 30 Rock recap. Oh. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah. they were not comedians and that mm. – uh, I'm not saying that all podcasts have to be hosted by comedians, but it does help to have to listen to people who know how to talk into a microphone. It is insane because it's such a non, it's such an imaginary skill that seems like nothing. Yeah. It's like, how is it really possible that um, someone who's done this for five to 15 years is actually better than someone who just like, has strong opinions and sometimes a lot of knowledge and whatever. And it's like, but damn, I don't know. The charisma carries. It's like, it's that it's like knowing that you're being listened to ideally Um, Mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. the same way that like, uh, what is it like an observed particle like changes? It's anything that you observe changes its behavior. There's some, there's like an actual science physics thing that I don't really know, but I've heard my husband talk about. Um, it's called observed particle theory. Okay, thank you. No, <laughs> no, Is it no, not? no, no, okay. no, no, no. <laughs> you said it with so much confidence. I really, I know. <laughs> See, there you go. That's the mic skills. All you. So need. that's the mic skills. Um, but no, we just want to. We're gonna talk about a, a specific Survivor moment. It's okay if you haven't seen the show till ever, ever. I mean, it's not okay with me personally, but right. it is okay right. in the realm of this podcast to have not listened to it. You're allowed to listen watch to it, the show. We just might not pursue friendship right. with you. Yes. After. Because that is. It is funny meeting people who like Survivor and how it still feels like a secret club, even though it is a massively popular show. <laughs> yeah. At it's one like, point, like the most popular show. On right. TV. Right. You're like, you like fucking peanut butter and jelly too, dude. That's crazy. <laughs> like, I'm such a fan. Yeah. Survivor. I mean, it aired after the Super Bowl. Right. Like that was that's how big it was at one point. That was its its first its first season. Sorry. I am dog sitting right now. So Oh, I um, love it. There are there are a couple dogs who may bark from time to time. Dogs love Survivor too. Dogs do dogs love Survivor. I'm surprised that they've never had like a pet dog on like a stray dog Mm. come join in the way Mm. that they've sort of like adopt like some seasons they don't kill the chicken and they adopt the chicken yes um as sort of a pet i'm surprised there's never been like a cat or a dog yeah i guess that would be kind of a weird it's fiji is that the perennial island at this point at this point yes everything takes place in fiji on different islands so Yeah, that makes sense. I keep thinking it's going to be like the same island. And I'm like, how do people not memorize this? But I think it's different. That makes way more sense. Different beaches and stuff. But you they can make the same deal with the country or Mm -hmm, whatever. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't like it. I wish they would change things up again. Go back to Guatemala. I thought you were going to say you don't like it because of like colonizer sort of energy but i guess I that's why that. I we're should. not even it's like no that that's fine that should Just, be I, I don't I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 um so i it's funny you talk about things that should happen because hope and i were watching this episode that we're talking about today which is season 20 heroes and villains episode six banana etiquette i'm excited to hear why you chose this okay. but hope said there should be an all vegan season of the show. Oh, and I was like, I don't think that's that bad of an idea, actually. I think like uh and and then I joked that it was like vegetarians versus vegans versus keto diet or something <laughs> would be like the, really the tribes. But I don't know. I I I have grown in distaste for the uh mistreatment of the animals on the show. But that's a whole. That's a different moment. A, that's yeah. a different. We, I'm. I'm exci- I'm happy to do an episode about that with you. Yeah. Of like, 
all of the yeah. all of the animal stuff um, <sighs> from two very different perspectives. But mm -hmm. so yeah, so this one's banana etiquette. Um, the main one thing that I like about this episode is that the like incident, I guess, that we're talking about or like the event is sort of a through line throughout the whole episode. Um, it's yes. not just like one moment. Um, it's very sneaky. When you rewatch the show, you realize the like half second shots they were using to establish. The this. editing in this episode is great. Mm -hmm. I wonder mm -hmm. going back and rewatching this season, how like, because there are definitely some seasons and I think the newer seasons suffer from like poor editing. Um, but interesting. This one's. This one's great. This one's funny. Like the use of music when when James goes to pull a banana on their way to the challenge. The they just use Wait, sort of what is the music? It's just a quick little sound effect of like a uh it's just like a it's just a quick instrumentation like as he's yanking yeah. the banana. That's um amazing. so the basic like theme of this episode or maybe not theme, the issue that we're talking about is there is a bundle of bananas, a bunch of bananas, if you will, at the hero's camp. And James... Yes. And the, 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 the hook of this season is that it's all returning players. There's a tribe of heroes, which are roughly people who were kind of fan favorite. They're roughly, all fan favorites. Roughly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, the heroes, like, you know, quote, like, did everything, like, above board, which yeah, is impossible to do Yeah, the noble players or whatever. Yeah, the heroes kind of, I mean, low-key, high-key suck. But the villains tribe is the tribe that is, um, yeah, all the, all the super fun. Villains. I mean, whatever. It's self-explanatory, but they're all returning players. Some of them have won previous seasons. So anyway, so in the heroes tribe... There is a, a bunch of bananas. A bunch of bananas. Continue. James, who is this like, I mean, he really is a favorite. He's like this big, huge, strong dude. Grave digger. Grave digger from Mississippi, I think. Like he yeah. like really values work, hard work. Um, he's not the greatest strategist. Not at all. Um, he, he left... And these hella spoilers in this episode, even more than usual. <laughs> but he left China, which was his season, like five seasons before this, with two two immunity idols in his pocket. Yeah, it, which means he could have survived two tribal councils, but he was so confident. He's very charismatic personality. Yeah. Legit terrible player yeah. of the game. I love James. Also, some I one thing I love about James too is like he's like, I can't find anything about him, really. Like, I think he's just sort of, like, he didn't... I don't think he oh. loved his celebrity. Um, For sure. Which I sure. really respect. But so he... Uh, because he's larger than everybody else, he has been eating more than his fair share of bananas, some may argue. Um, and he's also injured, which this season has so many injuries because for whatever reason... I guess because they had all returning players, they were like, what if we made every challenge just like so dangerous? <laughs> well, and the, all the challenges that are like, okay, throw each other into the ground. Right. But not, and I think normally now they like, they, it's all challenges where you're like, if you did this in water, it would be fine. Right. Um, right. But right, you're right. doing this on land and like everybody is hurt. Yeah. Um, so James has an injured knee. So they're all his tribe is already discussing like getting rid of him. And Amanda, his who was his castmate in China, sort of has this heart to heart with him. She's trying to save him. She's like, "You need to prove that you're not injured too badly. You need to show that you can run." And which is insane. The like race they set up. Yes, I mean it's so not. Stupid. It's a. It's nonsensical. Um, yeah. But she's like also like you need like better banana etiquette basically. And he's like, what the fuck is banana etiquette? And he's yeah, like, when yeah. you go get a banana, like ask everybody else, like, do you, does anybody else want a banana? Like go get a banana for everybody. Right. And James is like, I've never, I mean, James is so focused on banana etiquette. He's like, I've never heard of banana etiquette. This is ridiculous yeah. banana etiquette. Yeah. It's like where I come from. If you want something, you go get it. You're so like, if you're hungry, you go get food. Um, right. And then it comes up again at tribal council. 
He's tells mm. Jeff, you know, apparently there's such thing as banana etiquette. I think he has a comedic sense where just like the editors, he knows that this phrase banana etiquette is absurd. So he's leaning into that yeah. and like, I heard someone, someone said the words banana etiquette to me. What are you, isn't this crazy? I think James is, he's the worst at hiding how he feels Oh, yeah. um, which makes him so great and fun to watch because he, he'll he just say he'll call out like the ridiculousness of the game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so here's why I picked this. Yes. Um, as we have discussed, I have like a lot of issues surrounding food, um, particularly like with sharing food was like a big thing when I was growing up, which the, was that like my mom would not like share food and she would get really mad if she like had leftovers for something. And then like, if one of, if like me or my brother ate it, she would get really, really mad. Um, And I think this is like making her sound like a bad person, but I'm, I recognize now like she has her own issues about food. Yeah. yeah, Of course. Um, So it was like, because of that, it's like led to some disordered eating, um, some like binging, some like, um, like sneak, like eating in secret kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but my husband, Shaki, has like a very opposite experience and has like helped me a lot. And he and his dad, he would like tell me these stories of, and his dad died like 10 years ago, but they would always share fruit. Like that okay. was like a big thing where like late at night, Shaki would come home and they would like split an orange and like talk over an orange. And now we have this dog, Bobby, who loves fruit. And so okay. it's become, we've like passed down this tradition from Shaggy and his dad of like sharing <laughs> fruit. And I eat a banana every morning for breakfast. And mm. I always share. That's your whole breakfast is no, one no, banana? I, no, I, I eat a banana, okay. I work out, and then I have like one of those um, granola bar things. And then, Which is cool that you're talking about disordered eating and my response to a food you ate is, <laughs> that's what you do. <laughs> um, no, I just, for the first half of the day, I just, uh, I, I don't like to have like a big meal. I like to have like a mm-hmm. few small snacks. Um, but so every morning when I eat my banana, I like share it with my dog. Like I'll break off yeah. pieces and like give her some. And I try yeah. with these dogs that I'm dog sitting, I tried giving them some of my banana and they both looked at me like, and these dogs are, they'll eat anything, but they looked at me like, what the fuck is that? Like you finally share your food <laughs> and like, this is what you're giving us. So it's become just this thing in our family, like in our apartment of like, you share food, you share fruit. And in particular, you share bananas. So this episode like really captured sort of like that attitude about food that especially like when food is not plentiful um as like Mm -hmm. not that my husband grew up super poor but his family definitely struggled and I think there was something I can see when he talks to me about like the oranges that he and his dad would share it's like very meaningful to him wow yeah. Well, I think it's interesting that you're talking about relationships because that was the thing that this made me think of going into the episode, like sort of remembering it. I was like, oh, the thought I'm going to have about this is like communism is like mm. from each according to their ability to each according to their need. James is so much bigger than everyone. How There's no way that everyone has the same share, you know, like calorically, whatever the like nitrogen or oxygen, you know, intake, the the way people are burning their calories. particle theory. Yeah. The observed (laughs) particle theory of each person's body. Um, you know, what is his fair share basically? But I came out of it realizing that Amanda's thing with him is actually people, they imply it, but they never say James is eating too many bananas. Well, the whole thing is about him offering to bring someone some when he goes to get one as well, which is a totally different 
thing. In You're mind. right. It's interesting. They never say he's eating too many bananas. But when Amanda and them are in the woods, I think Rupert maybe says like he's eating us out of the house, like out of house. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. And I guess the what we're supposed to infer from the editing of the episode is that it's about the bananas. But yeah, you're right. I didn't think about that, that like Amanda just tells him like you should offer bananas to everybody else. Right. Well, what it made me, it it reminded me of like dating Hope, my partner. And like, as we moved in together, uh, realizing that when I was out, basically developing a whole other ambient sense that's constantly looking out for little treats for mm, her. Like the idea that treats? like, well, just like, uh, I mean, she's like for, for health reasons, doesn't do gluten is vegan. So anything that could seem pleasant, uh, you know, a baked good along those lines, but especially like, uh, the one flavor of Gatorade she likes, mm-hmm. kombuchas, CBD elixirs, whatever you know, and uh, and and it and I, it's just a whole thing of like anytime I go somewhere, realizing, oh, it would be nice to think of this other person, or even more importantly, like we need toilet paper. Maybe I'm the one who gets toilet paper, <laughs> yeah. you know? Um, and, and then going along with the sort of like sneakiness you're talking about, it's like, if I'm going to like go to the hot dog stand down the street and get like a burger and a milkshake, that's not really shit she can eat. So do I need to like eat that before I come home mm-hmm. so I can kind of tell her about it, but it feels like distant sort of, and I'm not like, chomping as I go, you know, and it's like calculating the happiness of people around you with your, like factoring it into your enjoyment of physical material pleasures. Yeah. And I think like food for me is like such a big part of like and for a lot of people of like showing somebody that you love them. Um, right. For a lot. I mean, it's the whole like love language thing, which like I don't fully understand. But um, but like there is nothing that like warms my heart more than like being out at night, not knowing like what I'm going to do for dinner. And my husband texting me like, hey, I made dinner. It's ready. It's like waiting for you when you get home. It's such a relief. It's such a like, I am taking care of. He has COVID right now. um, And I'm he's like at home and I'm dog sitting in the city. And I had to go back to the apartment to like get all the podcast equipment. And there is around the corner from where I'm staying. There's a a noodle soup place that like I know he Mm. likes. And I was just like, I will bring you that soup like because there's also no other way that I can take care of him right like I can't be with him because he has COVID Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. I'm not in the city there's nothing else I can do but somehow even if like the soup doesn't make him feel better necessarily it makes me feel better knowing that like there was something I could do and soup in particular like because I'm Jewish I think is like a big part of you know just like (laughs) feeling warm and loved Wait, you think you think that's more Jewish than I, I feel like soup is pretty everyone feels warm and loved by soup. I think everyone feels warm and loved by soup. I think soup is very pervasive in the Jewish culture. And if you think of like old Jewish men, if I think of soup, mm-hmm. I think of old Jewish men. Mm-hmm. One time Shaki, okay. this is my favorite soup story. Sorry. Um, but so my husband is an old Jewish man love soup so much to the point where we were on a road trip once and we stopped at like one of those big rest stops and we kind of like each went our separate way and I met him back in the car and he had a cup of soup in the car and I was like what are you what are you doing why yeah that's not road food what are you doing? Any soup? And he was like, "What? You can have soup in the car." And I was like, "Absolutely not! Like that's not a car food." And he was like, well, "Like, they w- was, were you driving?" And he was planning on continuing to eat it while you drove. Yes. 
and he that was, is real bold. And he was just like, he was like, well, they wouldn't have it at the rest stop if you couldn't eat soup in the car. <laughs> and it just became this whole thing where now, like, whenever we go somewhere, he's like, should we get a road soup? <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely a first stand-up comedy album title road soup road, road soup, <laughs> for sure yeah, yeah that's um well okay so how present is that for you when you are out in your daily life are you in a place where you're literally making like any purchase and you think to yourself i should also get something for him a hundred percent i mean i would say like 90% of the time I'm going to get food. If I know I'm coming home to him, I will be like, do you want anything? Here's what I'm doing. Do you want anything? Or there's also like, you know, those hostess um, chocolate brownie things with the swirly with the script on top, like the white curse, like it looks like, like a bunch of white. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. There was one time where he was like, he was just like craving those. And I like found a set. This was like when we were still dating before we lived together. And maybe like the next day I found them and I brought them to him. And now that's like at New York Comedy Club, they have a tray of snacks. And sometimes they have those. And every time I see them, I like bring them home to him. Yeah, that the thing for me there, because I'll do that too. Like for Hope, it's Glacier Freeze um Gatorade and is that a blue one or a purple one it's a purple and it's and it's the no no sorry not purple it's a blue it's the light blue laser freeze is the light blue and she's not even mostly a like that's the kind of thing she has when she's like sick so it's not even like one of her favorite things if I were going favorite it would be like go like kombucha or something um But yeah, I'll do that. But the thing that happens for me is I eat way faster than she does. And like, and in terms of like leftovers, like, because we are, we can be bad about letting things rot. You're so bad. You know, the, the, yeah, the buying, the buying produce and you're like, oh, God damn it. Um, so with, with, uh, with leftovers, I will very frequently just be like, okay, first go of leftovers. Let's like clean this out. Like this can't last for too many more or, but I also can repeat meals like a motherfucker, but she, it's like every, like every time we're like meal planning for the week, we actually just, we do it every Wednesday, which is when we're recording. It well, it just like helps us save and and. Do you cook for it's the also? Week? No, no, oh, okay. we don't. We it's just a like it's more menu making. Got it, got it. Then and it's a time where we can be like, oh, let's do this thing together. Let's do that thing together. But it, um, she needs like a new thing every night, and I'm just like, I just get exhausted. And I'm like, can we just do pasta? Can we just do pasta? Can we just do beans and rice? You're like, you're Can we just vegan. do breakfast for dinner? Pasta? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so, so, so anyway, the point being that I guess the, the, these are these are mixed, but the main point is that I eat way faster than she does. So if I'm bringing home Hostess cupcakes every night, she's not keeping up with eating them every night. Yeah. And I'm like, if you're doing that for me, I'm like having the the snack, like when you bring it home, mm-hmm. you know? So then it's like, it gets to a point where it's like, okay, I have like backloaded 18 hostess <laughs> cupcakes and I can't eat all of these. Yeah. Well, they never go bad. I think that's, that's one of those like legit. foods like like after the nuclear holocaust it'll just be like cockroaches and hostess. Yes. And yes. that'll be. <laughs> yeah. But like my my parents do this too. They they like stockpile. They love to just have like okay, we're into orange lacroix. There's going to be 60 cans of orange lacroix mm. in the house. And when we when it goes down to 48, we're getting another 12 pack, <laughs> you know? And so the one reserves Christmas, are getting low. <laughs> exactly. 
And I I got really into those uh those like fig newtons that are like the nature's bakery uh-huh. fig bars. And then they and they have a gluten-free version too. So one Christmas, my mom legit got us like it felt like hundreds of these fig bars. And for me, I'm like, hoo hoo fig bars every day, you know, like and I finish them in like two months or something. And for her, it was like these things lasted for like a year and a half. And that's with me now digging into them because mine are gone and I'll settle for the gluten-free version. It's just, it's very interesting when someone else, when you're, when you are aware of someone else's, uh, of wanting to do something nice for someone else, mm-hmm. but they don't consume it on the timetable that you would consume it. Yeah. And so you're like, hurry up so I can get you the next nice thing because uh, I don't want to just keep buying fucking glacier freezes because we don't have the fridge space for all right. this. Right. And I don't know what other good to do for you. Yeah. Right, like, right. If, I think part of it, if I'm being totally honest, is like a little bit of a laziness thing on my part because it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's much easier to like go and get him a snack and bring it home than to like, do all the dishes that are, the, you know, yeah. like, or put your phone down and, and look talk someone to him. in the eyes yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and find out about like his day. Right. 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 <laughs> there is another thing where like, I'm just realizing like how important that stuff is in, in our relationship in particular, where mm-hmm. there is, we have like a ton of uh, like, dessert places in our neighborhood that have cropped up over the last five years we're like Mm. i don't know if it's a gentrification thing but we call it the dessert district now because there's just like a ton of ice cream places a ton of gelato a ton of and like recently just so many cookie places and there Mm. is this one cookie place named called chip and they i mean their cookies are like they're gigantic they're super doughy you eat one and you feel like really sick Mm -hmm. Um, and that has become anytime we get into a fight, the one of us will go and get a chip cookie for the other to sort of say, sorry. Okay. Okay. I like that. Um, at least we used to, and then we found out our next door neighbor, (laughs) that's really funny. So, um, our next door neighbor is our landlord's daughter. Okay. And she is married to the owner of chip the cookie place and we like had a a brief feud with our landlord and we were just like we're not going to chip anymore (laughs) we're not supporting his business well i'm wondering why aren't you getting this shit for free uh great question our rent you mean (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, it's like (laughs) i could rent stabilize you but instead here's a cookie cake yeah no that's another thing in my building we like with I, we we all like share the things that we make mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as far as food it's it and it started because of covid because like we you know there are seven units in my building and we all were like we couldn't go anywhere we couldn't do anything we couldn't see anybody and so we all just started like leaving things on each other's door of yeah. like different baked goods um one of my neighbors grows marijuana and so he would leave that for us um we all just like our other neighbor is like a chef and so when he would have like too much stuff from the restaurant he would bring it home i would i like baked a lot it just became this nice little like yeah these little it's like gifts. The perfect ecosystem yeah it became that and i think it's a similar thing of like these are we're we're all like stressed out none of us know what to do we can't really hang out so here's just this little way of showing like human connection which is like these little snacks that we leave for each other yeah yeah it's it's interesting how much um human connection is forged over little snacks little snacks like the yeah. the the outsized power of a little snack is very it's pretty big. Yeah. It's a real, um, like, I don't know the analogy. I was, I was thinking of like the steam engine that could, it's like, but I don't think that's right. I think I'm getting my fables mixed up. <laughs> so ignore that. <laughs> Cut that. Cut it out. Edit it. 
absolutely not. <laughs> no, no. There's no no quicker way to make sure something stays in the podcast <laughs> than demand it be edited out. Ugh, I have to but like learn I, how to edit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I w- the, the reason that this stuff is interesting for me is that it was a legitimate paradigm shift to be like you have to consider because because it's one thing to be like oh i want to be more considerate Mm -hmm. of people i want to think about other people but it's a different thing to be like okay here is a concrete thing you can change in your every literally every single day life that you leave the house that that is what consideration looks like yeah and part of me is like no i'd rather just like uh think i'm considerate i'd rather just like pretend like kind of kind of wonder what it would be like to be more considerate it's it feels it feels very uh, uh it feels like a burden sometimes <laughs> i say i say to this other voice i'm like this is too much like i don't want to have to or like going even going into the into the kitchen in the apartment and realizing like pretty much every time you go into the kitchen it feels imperative to me to be like, hey, can I get you anything? You're sitting down. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I go into the kitchen all the fucking time. I'm like, every time I ask that, I'm praying that the answer is no. <laughs> this does I don't know. It's, 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 yeah, maybe I'm just describing the process of like growing up and being in a relationship. Yeah, it's funny though, those like little things that you do sort of like accept are a given in a relationship, like bringing little snacks. There is this thing where like, also like, it's so funny because our apartment is so small. We're like getting up is so easy and going to the kitchen. It's like, it's all the same Same. room. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not even like, you don't have to go through a door or a hallway. Um, (laughs) But there is this thing where like Shaki and I, whenever one of us gets up to go to the sink or like into the kitchen, we always like check each other's water glasses. Mm-hmm. And and if we don't, if I see him getting up, we both, it's so, I don't, I think I started it by being a little bitch, but I would just like, I would do this little like stoop. I don't really do like baby talk, but I do do this little baby voice where I go, will you get me water? Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, pathetic. yeah. And he like, he made fun of me for it. And now we don't even have to like say the full sentence. We just go like, <laughs> yeah 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 and now for like getting each other water the thing i the thing like that for us is uh when hope wants me to like massage some part of her body she'll just kind of like it's like a cat where she'll just like lean into it and kind of like <laughs> rub her back <laughs> or foot or something on my hands and i like it it Sometimes it bothers me where I'll just look at her and I'll be like, if you want something from me, you need to ask it in a full sentence. Where it's like, I don't know why that is more important to me than like, it's well established what's happening. (laughs) Why can I not just like swallow my, it's not even pride, my like weird rule about this. Which is sort of James's point, right? James was just like, if you want food, just ask for food. Like, why do I have to give you food? Right, 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 right. I think that's what it is, where it's like, you can know what's going on. You can be polite. You can acquiesce. But there's still something that feels human, respectful about just being direct. Yeah. Yeah. And that's precisely the thing that is, like, missing from Survivor. The amount of directness Mm. people have. Like... A great example is within this same episode, Boston Rob and Russell are talking to each other back and forth. They've been at each other's throats up to this point, and they have more direct conversations than I imagine, you know, than I remember they've had up to this point. But all of them are bullshit. Every single thing they say is a total lie or like insinuation of the opposite of what's happening. And that's what James has no patience for. That's such a great point, Dave. That's such Thank a good you. observation of like, James has no tolerance, no patience yeah. for indirectness. 
And no. that's why he's bad at Survivor. Because uh-huh, Survivor uh-huh. is all about being indirect. It's all about trying to figure out what people mean, despite the fact that they won't say it. Or when they say something, what do they really mean? What are they mm-hmm. really trying to say? What are they really trying to get across? It also, I mean, I I forgot that this is what happens in this episode, where Tyson basically gets himself voted out by being that an idiot. That shit was crazy. I was like... Oh my god! How did he? Because, because Boston Rob is like telling Russell in, in no uncertain terms, like you're gonna be voted out, and Russell sees through that. That like obviously that's a lie. Which I'm like, because they want to. I can imagine being for himself. Yeah, I can, can imagine being part. Russell in that situation and knowing this other legendary character is good at the game and being like, okay, well, whatever they're telling me is probably is. 100% not true. But then Tyson, Russell does the same thing to Tyson and Tyson just buys it. Tyson and I'm like, takes it at face value. yo, how did you get played like this? It's dude? also so crazy because like, to be fair to these players, I do remember them talking about like Russell's season was the one right before this. Russell is like one of the most infamous right. villains um, on Survivor and played that way in this, in his season. But they none of them had seen the his season yet. It hadn't it hadn't aired mm. yet when they were filming this season, so they didn't know him at all. They didn't know how he played. My right. thing though is like, I don't think you need to have seen Russell's season. I think you can just like look at him and listen to him and be like, this <laughs> yeah. guy is fucking shady as shit. This guy is yeah, such this little a Houston fucking... real estate developer or whatever the fuck he is. Yeah, I think he yeah, he's like already a millionaire, like from oil. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah, he's yeah. just he couldn't be more of an actual villain. <laughs> and I think like if you can't read that vibe on him, like sorry, nobody and look, I'm so stereotyping here. And like I used to live in Louisiana, but there is nobody with that accent. And like a gold tooth who like has like a net, like a, a net zero carbon footprint. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like there's nobody with that voice recycles. So like <laughs> he's such a fucking villain and Tyson yeah. just takes it at face value. And like, I think there's part of me that kind of wishes like Tyson and James had gotten to play together because I think it's interesting to, I mean, I think like because James is so upfront and so like clear with what his intentions are always, Mm -hmm. I think he would be Mm -hmm. a great ally for Tyson. Um, Sure. But it's also interesting because I see Tyson as like very smart and kind of like crafty. Right. Same. And I wonder if it's just like this thing that we have talked about before, not on this podcast, but on the defunct, the the first version of this, the first attempt at this yes. podcast of like, I wonder how much common sense just gets lost when you're that hungry. Yeah. Yeah. And that explains why James is yoinking bananas off the bunch. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But 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 James seems very grounded in his own sense of common sense. Yeah, because he's eaten a lot of bananas. <laughs> yeah, he's got all the fucking potassium he needs to think straight. Yeah, he's got vitamins coursing through his veins. Yeah, I think I think, and you're you're making me like develop a theory now that Tyson might be one of the players most most. Whose whose reputation is most in error. Mm. Like the amount that Tyson is given credit for being funny, especially in that first season where he is genuinely just a button pusher and then descends by the end into outright cruelty mm-hmm. towards, I forget what her name is. That one. Sierra. He's Sierra, so mean. To, yes. Everybody's so mean He's to Sierra. Cruel. It's it's like really awful and yeah. awkward to watch. But people are like, "Oh, Tyson's just so funny." And I think Tyson probably is a funny person. Yeah. But like the way he's cut on the show is like he's not crafty. He's getting fucking hosed by the most obvious Russell moves. 
He's not that funny. He just pulls his pants down and shits on women. You know what I mean? Uh, Which sounds like those are two separate actions, (laughs) not like a physical scenario. (laughs) Yeah, he's not in. It's not like a scat play situation. Can we talk about, though, how fucking hilarious Courtney is and was during this episode when James (laughs) injured is like doing this challenge and Jeff in his narration is like, even James is pushing through and it cuts to Courtney just going, "Ugh, what a hero. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, yeah, he's so brave. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It was really funny. I never really liked Courtney that much. I love Courtney. Oh, she just seemed like sour for no good reason. But yeah, her like, just purely spiteful ironic commentary is genuinely very funny for how out of nowhere it is yeah i i i think if jeff ever retires i would love to see courtney take over because what (laughs) absolutely not no way because she's like so fucking over it in the way that i think like Jeff at his best was like now he's so fucking like dripping with sincerity but it doesn't Mm. feel real it feels like a note from the producers that were like hey we're in a different time now you can't like be sarcastic (laughs) anymore or like and some of his pointedness at certain contestants in different seasons is like awful and cruel and sexist and racist um which I don't think Courtney will fall victim to because Courtney is fucking or not victim to, but you know what I mean? She's not, you're not a victim of your own racism, but, um, (laughs) but Courtney, I think is like an equal opportunity, like surly person. And I love it. Yeah. Not knowing anything else about this, like hella skinny, sort of attractive white woman. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna throw that much confidence behind her (laughs) not doing racist shit. Okay. I want to see – I think you you talking about it, I'm like, I think Parvati would be a pretty good host because she's a legend mm-hmm. and she's fucking mischievous and, like, mysterious. And I think she would be a good, like, kind of uh, – you know, she would, like, describe things well or people would, like, ask her for favors – you know, or trades with when they run out of mm. fire or something. I don't think and I she would, would be... kind of lift her eyebrow and be like, Oh, that's that's what you want. I think I, I would know. not be entertained by her like commentary the way that I would mm-hmm. be of Courtney's. I just wanna hear I think I just want to hear Courtney narrate every challenge. I this is this is quite a jump. I was really into what she did during this challenge. <laughs> I'm not I it, it did not turn into a global desire for me to be like, yeah, I would like uh, 90% of the show to be this, <laughs> this element. Okay. All right. Well, we just disagree on this point. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. Absolutely. I probably, is there anything, <laughs> is there anything else to explore about the disorder of, of the disordered eating that the banana stuff reminds you of like Probably. the secrecy. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> and obviously that's a huge topic that could be a whole separate podcast, but um, I don't know. I just don't want to do, ju- I don't want to, I want to do justice to the full number of facets that that this James moment makes us Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there is. I have, like, all sorts of other tendencies that I know are um, things that I would like to work on regarding, like, permission of food. Like, I do I, – I know one thing that I do is, like, sometimes when I want seconds, I'll, like, mm-hmm. ask my husband, like, is it okay if I have Oof. more – And I've told him before too, like, Hey, just so you know, like, I don't actually like, I'm not actually asking you, like, am I allowed Mm -hmm. to do this? I just need somebody to tell me it's okay that I want more food. Right, 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 right. So I think, I mean, it's hard because I also know that it's very different, but if I were in James's place and somebody told me like, you're eating too many bananas, like that would devastate me. Mm. like Mm -hmm. if somebody made any comment about like how i'm consuming food 
especially if it's in the frame of it's too much you're you're consuming too much yeah i like i don't know how i would come back from that mentally yeah yeah yeah. Which is terrible, right? Like that's not that's not a logical response. Sure, but I mean, you know, when do we have logical I know. responses? And it it just really makes me realize that like in Survivor, I guess I mean definitely like in life, when little things happen that seem to derail people or or you're just like, wait, what the fuck just happened there? Why did this interaction go south like just how many layers of psychological shit people have at every moment in life that like you you think you're talking about some stuff that's totally harmless and that is the thing that then you fixate on for the rest of the game right Uh, or or happens in a break room at work and all of a sudden like you're the person who was weird at the water cooler because of some, you know, and it changes your whole reputation at work. Or totally. Something. Or like something that you say to one person means one thing and you can say the exact same thing to somebody else and it's totally different. And it's like, you know, context matters so much, especially if yeah. like, I mean, I would be devastated, especially if like, I don't know if Amanda said it to me or it's just like, She's mm-hmm. so beautiful. <laughs> right, so right, bad. right. Well, I what it makes me think of as someone who has had an addictive relationship with food, as with most anything that can be have an addictive relationship uh-huh. developed with it, is like I'm like, exercise. oh wow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. Definitely a compulsive exerciser. Aren't has we all? Been my, my history. <laughs> yeah. But um Okay, maybe not the like, uh, yeah, the things that would. Sorry, that was like meaning mean. That was mean. I'm sorry. Wait, what? You were being mean to me? Yeah, I didn't mean to do that. Because I was because I'm fat. That was yeah. The, that I don't was know why. Thing. I don't know why I said that. I'm very sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I'm not. Really... <laughs> I know. It's it's uh we're we're in like a uh, standard comedy uh trope territory there no i think it's just that i'm fully projecting because i just talked about my my stuff and like got vulnerable and then i immediately was just like well i feel bad right now how do i make dave feel bad and i'm so sorry i appreciate that but this is way more interesting than whenever i was going because now something's happening within me where i feel the need to just like move on and get into the thing that I was talking about, which we're, which I'm almost certainly not going to do now because I think this is more interesting, but, uh, I start, I'm like hotter. I'm like flush now. And not when you originally said the thing, when you apologize, I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't like apologize. Like, you know, you know, and like, what? That's, that's really, uh, yeah, I because no, I mean I don't have a reason why, but I have noticed I have noticed in our dynamic in our interactions with each other, not like necessarily I mean mostly not on the podcast at this point, except the imaginary other podcasts that we've <laughs> recorded and not released. Yeah. Is I do find myself because most of our relationship has been um separated by distance right right and i put on a bunch of weight in the pandemic and that's been most of when we've talked but i've also like i'll notice myself looking at people who are like thinner than me and being like oh that's a fat guy and i don't Mm. think of myself that way um, and it's, and, and I've noticed with you, I am prone to make more standard fat jokes, which is not like a vibe I go for more. I think it's more because, because you are a more traditional stand up than I am. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, so I think I have to play into these, as I was saying, like pretty like traditional tropes and, uh, 
Yeah. Are you worried that if you don't make the joke, I will? Um, no, no, I don't. Because I want to say like, I wouldn't do that. But like, I just did. And like, yeah, right, right, right. And like, it's something that I think I, it's my own. It says nothing about you. It's only, it's like shit that I'm working through of like, why would I, why would I do that? That's just like mean for no reason. You know what I mean? For sure. Totally. And I'm not like genuinely offended by it. If anything, I'm more like weirdly excited now about (laughs) this. Like, I feel like we just had like a crazy kind of moment here that I'm really interested in that is like, we've been kind of talking on this intellectual level, uh, analyzing, and now we just had like a shared experience together. Yeah. Well, Um, it's like I caught my own fat phobia. Um, and it's like, it was like a knee jerk thing because I had said something vulnerable to immediately like push that away. Mm -hmm. And it's like something that I am like trying to be more aware of. Um, of like my own attitudes and how I don't know I don't know yeah I don't think there's a lesson to be taken from this well I reject that (laughs) there's a lesson to be taken from everything (laughs) um sure I mean I'm more interested in like just having the experience and kind of and talking about that rather than yeah forcing it to mean something necessarily i mean i i will say to put myself in the in the mode that feels uncomfortable for me that like i forgive you and i love you and i'm not like i this this truly is more i'm i'm picturing it months from now and i'm like man remember that crazy moment we got <laughs> to have as opposed to like and that's when i knew that Ariel thought blah, blah, blah. But I do think my tendency to make fat jokes more, I mean, this is, this is like, again, a whole other thing that we could spend episodes and episodes dissecting. But I will say that as someone whose weight has fluctuated a lot as an adult, being like undeniably fat Mm -hmm. has, um, felt freeing in some ways. Mm. I'm not like wondering whether or not I'm fat, you know? Yeah. Um, but, but, it, but making the jokes with you over the course of our, especially recent friendship and the way they hit, I have noticed in my brain, I'm like, Oh, Ariel notices this. Like this huh. is a feature of me that is translating enough for the premise of the joke to work. It's certainly not at the forefront of my mind. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I think it's something I noticed the first time that we, like, reconnected because the last memory I had of you was, you know, nine years ago. Of course, like, I look different, too. You know, we all look different. And not you're really. just like, no, I for sure do. But thank you. Um, no, I really, I mean, I really, I, I'm not like, I would just be quiet if that, if I, uh, <laughs> If I just agreed, because I mean, this is a whole other thing, but noticing being like, dude, white people age so poorly and like myself included and just being like, damn, dude, there are certain things that I just like, uh, like being on the bear, I, uh, and everyone freaking out over Jeremy Allen White, the shameless guy, I think that's his name. And, and like how sexy he was in the show uh, and having my little clip and my little screenshot, I kept trying to do this bit where I was like, here's the, here's the actually hot guy from the show. Uh-huh. And it just like never hit. And also all this stuff is stuff that I like am almost never actively thinking or talking about. Mm. And and I don't know how much it actually even lives in me 
day to day. But I but bring it, it is, out a little bit. Like exactly. I yes. Yes. No. Um, <laughs> it is a bummer to be like, damn, dude. I just like am aging. I just like look different than I think of myself, than I'd like to look, than mm. I. Well, yeah, it's uh, interesting because yeah. like I would never like you look different. You don't look worse. You know what I mean? Like. Like mm-hmm. time is marching on and we're all changing with it, but that is not worse. Also like men get to age in a way where like, you just look dignified and like wise and sexy. You know what I mean? Like, like women, I don't know though, dude. <laughs> women look more and more dehydrated as we go on. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. But men just like look like they've just acquired knowledge. <laughs> that's like how, that's how it happens. Um, no, it's interesting. I think like, I think this is like illuminating in terms of like the things that I think I'm past and yet are obviously still in me and still like an instinct for me. I think also like part of it probably is that like we don't hang out in person because we live in different cities. We've never really like hung out that much in person. And so my instinct is to like connect as a stand up seeing you and being like all right what's a surface level thing i can say yeah yeah literally we have a two-dimensional image right that has been that is our the majority of our relationship and hopefully also like as we do more of this and as we get to know each other better i can like make fun of you for who you are yes and not for how you look i have so many much deeper flaws than (laughs) a couple pints of ice cream a day habit you know what I mean yeah yeah well thanks for being open to talking that through with me and well it also makes me realize like dude the the hunger part of survivor I would be I would be staring at those bananas non-stop <laughs> and I would be like so aware of people of of not wanting to pull a James, but it would it would ruin that's what would ruin me is not someone being like, uh, oh, you need better banana etiquette. It would be the existence of the bananas in camp in the first place. Wow. Because because yeah, being a being a drag on the tribe, being mm-hmm. like weak in challenges. Ooh, it's just yeah, I mean, I'm kind of like understanding how people have like genuinely insane life spirals after even winning this show. Yeah, right. Know? It's interesting too, like when you were talking about um, your parents and how they like stockpile stuff. I think, yeah, going back to like my mom's issues with food that have obviously been passed down to me, it's interesting because like Survivor is. 39 days or was 39, 39 days. Right. But all of these people talk about like the issues that they had after this, after Mm -hmm. survivor of like, Mm -hmm. whether it was not being able to sleep in their beds and like having to sleep on the floor and like their food issues. Like people had a lot. I had a, my brother's friend in college was, uh, he was, he was an army ranger. He became an army ranger which are the like super like intense elevated. like yeah 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 it's like the, it's like, like seals what, of the army exactly um yeah. and he when he got back from his training or like his whatever to become a ranger he came back and just could not stop eating everything mm. where they're like what happened to you and he was just like dude they just dropped us in the woods for like 3 weeks and like you had to survive on your own So he just, every time they went out, they were like, it got to be a, and it's just like, you see how quickly that can happen, right? How quickly those issues arise. So it's like thinking back to like my childhood and like the constant sort of like, and not that it was always at the forefront, but there was always a subconscious like awareness of weight, awareness of food, awareness of like whose food is whose. It's like, yeah, of course it's like taking me a long time to untangle that, right? These people are out there for for four weeks 
and they're coming back with all of these food issues. Right. And the fact that this stuff lives so, so, you know, I'm talking about how I don't ever think or talk about this stuff and how it just lives so close to the surface there, still unacknowledged, I think is what makes Survivor a compelling show that these things get immediately stripped back and we're all like, oh, oh my God. And I think also what I'm taking is that what makes me glad I don't have the brain of a reality TV producer is that if somehow this podcast still existed, but Survivor didn't, and we were talking about the same issues and a Survivor producer was listening to the show, they'd be like, hmm, that like really intense, uh, awkward moment. Uh, that would be a really great TV show. Uh-huh. Whereas, whereas we're like, how do we repair this harm? How do we work through this? And they're like, let's exploit that. Right. And we're just like, no, we need to like build a French, like build on this yeah. for our yeah. friendship. We will be like, which is better. We'll Which have is like unquestionably a better, better. Yeah. 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 Well, thanks for oh. making me like, I don't know. Not that you made me do anything, but thanks for being there while I like analyze my own bullshit. No, I, uh, I love it. This was, uh, this was healing. <laughs> of an episode, dude. I love it. Uh, that's, that's the show. Yeah. That's It's a fucking stick and we're a fucking mess, you know? <laughs> um, you can email us at it's a stick pod at gmail.com. I believe. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. also if you have any suggestions for moments that you want to hear us talk about. Yes, please, 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 please. send. We're kind of just be- going off of a list of like, Oh, remember that. But if there is a moment in particular that you love or hate, or yes. don't know how to feel about it and you want to hear us talk about it as we grow our friendship, um, <laughs> shoot us an email. And you can follow Ariel at Ariel underscore comedy mm-hmm. and me at this is Dave Marr on all the stuff. And check out Listen Dave's other afterlife podcast. podcast. Yeah, this is your afterlife. Um, cool. We did it. Cool. Love you. Love you so much. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>